0: What's up everybody welcome back to the Jake's Take Sports Podcast. I'm your host Jake for the Mansfield News Journal. We're continuing our weekly series of Talking Tigers. We're highlighting the Mansfield Senior Tiger football team as we have every week uh, during this season. Just kind of giving some love to the hometown team. Uh, You know this is the Mansfield News Journal so uh, the Mansfield Senior Tigers kind of deserve a lot of our attention and rightfully so this year especially. Um, We'll I sat down with a bunch of coaches uh this week and uh, just kind of talked about the season as a whole and kind of reflecting on the last 10 weeks. I mean it's an insanely fast 10 weeks and uh just talking uh just talking about how the season went, how they thought everything would go and and just kind of their uh what what they saw that they kind of the their team improved on throughout the year and got better at and and everything else. So we'll check in with that here in a little bit. Um but just want to recap last week real quick. It looks like the Tigers went out and uh, won the city, the battle of Mansfield, the city game, whatever you want to call it, the big rivalry game between Mansfield Senior and Madison. Um, Tigers picked up a thirty-seven to thirteen win. Got off to a little bit of a slow start there in the first half, and then the defense kind of picked it up and and pitched a shutout there in the second half, and Tigers kind of rolled. They were ahead twenty-one to thirteen after the after the first half. Only up seven to six at the end of the first quarter, um, and, and uh, you know Madison just didn't didn't ever go away they, they kind of stuck right there with them the entire time. Um, so they put up a fight there in the first half and then then the Tigers just went out in the second half and completely dominated. Uh, put up 13 points in the third quarter, another three in the fourth, and the defense just absolutely played outstanding. Um, offensive numbers we'll go over the offensive numbers real quick. Uh, 407 total yards for the Mansfield Senior Tigers. Um, 188 came on the on the ground on 43 carries, 219 through the air, 12 of 20 passing. Duke Grease had himself a night uh, with three touchdowns and he found three different receivers for those touchdowns. So he had a great great night throwing the football, running it as well. I mean, he had 54 yards, another touchdown on 10 attempts. So he he account- he accounted for. Um, Four touchdowns on the night, and that's that's huge for him going, going into this postseason. It's kind of his first postseason as the starting quarterback of the Tigers. Um, had himself a game, uh, so he should be going in with a with a ton of confidence, and and rightfully so. The kid played well, uh, running the football. The Tigers again were very well balanced. Ricky Mills had uh, sixty eight yards on fifteen carries with a touchdown. Isaiah Darson had. 56 yards on eight carries. Um, I think I said Ricky Mills had 58. He had 68 yards. Um, then Duke Reese is 54 yards. Zion Brown also had 10 yards on six carries. Um, so they they ran the football well. Um, and again, that's going to come up huge here in the postseason. Uh, Duke Reese, like I said, had 12 was 12, 20, 12 of 19, 219 yards and three touchdowns. Elias Owens had a breakout game this week. We've kind of been waiting for this guy to to show not show up because he's he's been producing um all year long but just have one of those big breakout games and he had it four catches 102 yards and a touchdown Amar Davis had three catches 63 yards and a touchdown uh Nate Desmuke had uh 39 yards on two two catches and Mekhi Bradley had a touchdown catch of eight yards um you know big time performance out of out of that entire offense um defensively uh we'll kind of just wrap up this game and then we'll get into some interviews here uh defensively the tigers were were stout again gave up 167 yards of total offense um 75 yards on the ground and 92 through the air they had two interceptions uh picked off a couple passes uh looks like uh dylan mcginty had one and Amar davis had another that gives them five on the year just having an insane defensive year um and and again, pitching a shutout in the second half of games, it doesn't matter how you start games. If you close them like that, you're going to win a lot, a lot of football games. Um, and that's kind of what the Tigers did. They only they held the Rams to nine first downs total on the night on 51 plays. So, um, you know, they, they didn't allow a whole lot of yardage uh, and, and kind of kept things right in front of them. They held them to two of 13 on third down, three of five on fourth down. So... You see those those two interceptions and then two turnovers on downs. Um those are kind of big time big time plays there that, that led them to you know a pretty successful night. Uh defensively, looks like the you know total tackles, Aaron Thornton again, he's having a heck of a year. We talked to Talk to Coach Bradley and and Coach Adams just about that kid and and what he's been able to do this year. Uh, Ricky Mills and Leo Hess and Dylan McGinty both all three of them had seven tackles. Um, Mills had uh, you know, a one tackle for a loss. Kai Bradley had five tackles with one going for a loss. So you know again those those leaders right there. I mean you can just kind of look at those guys and just tell that those guys are legit leaders um, of the Tigers. So that that put that put a wrap on an eight and two regular season. I mean we kind of expected that uh, we kind of looked at that schedule, just that early season schedule with you know we didn't know what we were going to get out of Norwalk they're traditionally pretty decent, but they they had some troubles up there, went winless on the year, so that was kind of a given game um, and then you know going into week two, three, four, um, you, you kind of knew it was going to be a tough battle. Um, the entire way, just because of how strong those teams are. North Canton Hoover was a was a good team. They went seven and three this year, but the Tigers just absolutely blew them out, forty two to nine. Um, and, and that that team kind of gave the Tigers a lot of playoff points moving forward because they didn't get a ton out of the OCC. Um, but that that one was was huge. That that win and then Hoover going on and winning winning seven games gave them a bunch. So started out two and zero, was really feeling good. Went into a Maslin game, you know, you kind of, you know what you're going to get against Maslin, and West Holmes was really good, and you knew kind of how good that team really was over there. They went 10-0, and Maslin went 8-1 and on the year, and they lost both of those games. We kind of didn't know what to expect against New Philly um, coming into the season, but I think through the first four weeks, we kind of figured that the Tigers could beat New Philly um, rather handily, and they did. They went over there and won twenty-one ten. 10 then picked up a win over Lex, Ashland, Worcester, Mount Vernon, and then again in Madison. So they ended the year with six straight wins, uh, to go eight and two on the season, and get into the playoffs. So it's you know it's they have a week eleven coming up. So um, talking offense, uh, you know, just kind of encompassing the whole season. Then we'll get into some playoff the playoff matchup that they're looking at. Um, just the entire season, offensively, uh, you know. The Tigers catch a lot of grief, um, just for their offensive play, kind of, um, throughout the year, and and when you when you kind of look at the numbers, you're like, man, it's kind of unwarranted grief. Uh, they they produced very well this year. Um, they were so balanced, so rushing. They they ran the ball 335 353 times, and compiled 1579 yards and scored 20 touchdowns off of it. Uh, that's that's a great year, and then you go and look at their passing yards fifteen oh seven on ninety seven of one ninety six passing and fourteen touchdowns and only five interceptions so fifteen hundred yards rushing fifteen hundred yards passing that you can't ask for anything better than that and anybody that wants anything better than that is just getting greedy at that point um so offensively man they were they were really really good this year um averaging um you know i think I think what kind of stands out is the first quarter scoring uh, they they only scored 30 points in the first quarter they were actually negative that was the only quarter they were negative against uh, their opponent their opponents would score 35 points in the first quarter of this year's games so the Tigers are notoriously slow starters um, and, and that's then that's fine you know because they end the game very well in the second quarter uh, the second quarter was their best quarter by far so I think they just woke up after the first you know, first couple of drives and just figure things out, they scored 108 points in the second quarter of games this year. That's 78 more points than the Tigers scored in the first quarter. So um, big props to them for, you know, kind of getting the flow of the game and then moving on and, and picking up wins. Uh, 79 points in the third quarter, 65 in the fourth. And obviously in the fourth, it's kind of, the game's kind of winding down. You're wanting to keep the keep possession of the ball and and not do too many boneheaded things that could cost you a game. So, um big time big time performance from the offense. Ricky Mills led all scorers with 12 touchdowns this year, which is absolutely insane when you kind of look at his rushing numbers. He he ran for only 381 yards on 73 carries but scored 12 touchdowns. That that's that's just crazy. To, to sit there and and look at that, Sean Putt was your second leading score. He had thirty three extra points and seven field goals for fifty four points. Uh, Mar Davis had eight total touchdowns. Duke Reese had five total touchdowns with you know his rushing scores, but he had more than that with uh, with passing. Um, so those are your those are your real big guys. Zion Brown was the leading rusher, um, and and you look at the fifteen hundred yards and and you sit there and wonder like. Okay, you know, they, they must have one big feature back, kinda of like West Holmes has and, and uh you know, everybody else has. Um, you know, even in Highland with, with um Dane Nolman, um you think okay, they have a feature back. No. Tigers have legit looks like six guys that went over a hundred yards this, this year this year for total. Zion Brown was the leading rusher at um six oh two on hundred and twenty five carries. He only had one touchdown, but you know when he he got him down there to the to the red zone and Ricky Mills kind of did the rest of the work at three hundred eighty one yards. Duke Reese had a great year running the football, two hundred seventy two yards on sixty five carries with five touchdowns. Uh, Jameer Petty had one hundred sixty hundred yeah one hundred sixty nine yards rushing. Mar Davis was kind of a split back and did a little bit of everything at one hundred twenty six yards. Isaiah Darson had one hundred twenty two. So. Um, just a very balanced run game that, that the Tigers supported there. Receiving wise, Amar Davis had a great year at receiver, 708 yards on 35 catches with uh, seven touchdowns. Uh, Nate Dismuk had uh, 291, Elias Owens had two hundred fifty fifty one yards, and Keontas Bradley had 129 yards receiving. Um, so, you know, Overall, just a, a, a lot of balance, and that's kind of what their theme was when I talked to Jacob Owens, the offensive coordinator. He's very proud of the fact that balance-wise, the Tigers were sensational um, on offense, and there's no other way to put it. So let's let's sit down and talk with uh, Jacob Owens a little bit just about this this offensive performance from this year and, and kind of encompassing this thing as a whole. just kind of a this can kind of more of like a season review kind of thing um you know regular season over with playoffs are here but offensively i just kind of want to get your thoughts on maybe the 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 entire scope and how it's kind of grown and and what you guys got better at what you kind of felt you guys grew grew with yeah. and, and during the entire season
1: so uh, i know we talked about being balanced early on in the year and i think we did that like yeah. me and coach Klein was talking the other day and we're like 1,500 yards rushing and 1,500 yards passing. That's yeah. pretty balanced, you yeah. know what I mean? And and as the year went on, our running game and our O-line just got better, man. Yeah. Duke got better, um, but that O-line, they really worked hard to, to really get the rushing game going, and that's what we wanted to do. You know, our, our, we came in as a, as a group, and we wanted to say, hey, what do we want to do? We want to be balanced right. was was the common the common theme, um, and we've done that. We've gotten the pass game going. We've got the run game going, and... Here we
0: are. I mean, that's something that, you know, we we talked before the season. where like, there, there hasn't been a run game here in a little while. I mean, right. It's been a long time. And even, like, even the 2019 bunch, I mean, there was there was a little bit of a run game, but it wasn't like you didn't have one guy do it. And it's kind of like this year. I mean, Yeah. I think I looked, there was like six guys that have over 100 yards rushing.
1: Yeah, so we're pretty – it's kind of crazy, man, to think about, like, we have 1,500 yards, but we don't have a back that has 1,000 yards. Right. You know what I mean? Not even but, 700. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which is crazy, but it's a good good thing to have. Oh, that yeah. means you have yeah. a stable of backs. I and mean, that's what we have with Ricky Mills, Zion Brown, uh, Isaiah Darson. Yeah, Darson. Uh, Duke com- has come yeah. on for us late, you know what I mean, running the football. So we're doing it by committee. And that, that's a great thing to have because anybody can tote it
0: any any night. Right. I thought one of the craziest stats, because I kind of looked over, like, the season stats and yeah. stuff. And one of the craziest one was – Ricky Mills, I mean, I think he only – he didn't have 400 yards rushing, I don't think, but 12 touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's with, like our workhorse,
1: man. Yeah. When he, when he gets down in that red zone, we we know Ricky's coming in the game or he's already in the game. and We're, we're giving it to him, man, because he's downhill. He loves contact. And he loves getting in the end zone. So that's what we want to do. You know what I mean? It's, it's kind of crazy to think he's one of our, our lower rushers <laughs> right. on the year, but he has – he almost leads us in touchdowns. think yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think he does. Yeah, like, and he he loves that role. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's he's not a me guy at all. He wants to put our team in the best position to win. Right. And that's that's him in the red zone. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: There was, I mean, just talking to kind of like some people out in the on the public and and you know outside of kind of in the program but outside of the immediate program. Yeah. They they were kind of they were wish washing on Duke all year long. Yeah. like, Okay, man, he's the guy, and then like. No, he's not the guy. No, he's the guy now. Yeah. I mean, his me personally, I think his growth from week 1 till now has been exponential.
1: Absolutely. And then we've done things uh to help him, yeah. you know what I mean, but it's ultimately Duke being Duke, man. He just he's learning as a quarterback and he's he's relishing the moment, man. He's living in the moment and he literally has gotten better from week 1 to week 10 leaps and bounds. Yeah. Um and it's been a little bit of a roller coaster ride, but hey, we're here now, right? And, and first year starters. Yeah, junior. he's done a great job for us, man. Eight and two record overall. A lot of high school teams in Ohio would love to have our record. You know what I mean? So and, and for him to be a quarterback here at Mansfield, it's a lot of pressure. We we talked about that in the past. Um but he he's he's found a way to, to take the pressure and use it to what it is. It's it's just added fuel. You know what I mean? And he's done a great job with that. And uh I think this past Friday he's shown. He can do it all, man. Long balls, short balls, running the ball, getting us in the right sets. You know what I mean? And slowing the game down when we needed to. He did a really good job Friday night, and his growth has has really shown.
0: I think what connect he connected with three different receivers on three touchdowns. Like it wasn't all to the same guy, and that kind of speaks to like the running back group. I mean, yeah. the wide receiver core is is exactly the same. Let's yeah, pick your poison with yeah. any of them. We,
1: we have we have great athletes all over the yeah. field, man, and they. They make it easy for me to call plays yeah. and, and Duke makes it really easy when he's throwing the ball at a high volume like that. Right. To have three guys catch catch touchdowns like that, man, is unbelievable. Yeah. And it's it's a great blessing to have. Um I know Amar Davis yeah. had an unbelievable grab, but the throw over the shoulder was even better. <laughs> so those are the type of plays that we look for and we, we love here. Right.
0: And you said you mentioned the eight two record. Um and, and I mean, you know, from people outside they see eight and two but then if you really dig into that schedule i mean Maslin's the number three team in division two yeah and west holmes is the number three team in division four yeah it's it's like the, the whoever that goofball is that runs the richland county power pole oh, yeah. doesn't doesn't even look at that stuff you know yeah but, but i mean that that eight and two i when i looked at your preseason schedule i was like you know 8 and 2 7 and 3 i think that's a, that's a quality season just because of how tough everything is yeah and you guys lived up to the expectations I yeah
1: like. we did we uh we had a little rough patch there for two games but those two teams are 19 and 1 combined yeah, yeah. that's unbelievable yeah. and uh those are two really good football teams and they have really good chances to make runs in the playoffs yeah. um those losses taught us a lot as an offense yeah. um i know the stat was something crazy like 70 something to 7 right. in two oh. weeks Right. um and, and our, our boys knew that you know what i mean they're not naive to the fact that we didn't score points and f- from then on we we put a, a clinic on scoring yeah. points and yeah. we did it a lot of different ways um and that's what we want to keep doing man and and eight and two i'll take it we yeah. were eight and two last year eight and two this year like i said a lot of teams in ohio or anywhere around the country they would love to be eight and two at a high school level um I know looking at the gauntlet, they called it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Looking at the gauntlet, they didn't think we had a chance against New Philly or North Canton Hoover. Right. They didn't know what Norwalk was going to be like. So I think we came out on top. Sure. Um and And taking those losses as lessons. Yeah. You know what I mean? We, we didn't get down on ourselves. Um, I, I know you were here for that meeting, and we talked about that meeting before New Philly, and I was pretty hyped up and, and mm-hmm. got after the boys a little bit. Because um, I don't like to lose. Right. You know, I know a lot of coaches – um, here don't like to lose. And we took that very personal when we had those two losses. Um, and a lot of people in the community wrote us off and said we weren't that good. But yep. that's, again, more fuel. You know what I mean? That's, that's what drives us is, is the doubters, the haters. We want to put those guys wrong and, and go out and show people we can win this region and we can make noise in the playoffs.
0: And let's talk about the playoffs now. I mean, there's always – you always talk about kind of sense of urgency and, and everything. I mean, it's it's win or be done kind yeah. of thing. You're, every single week is kind of that pressure. Um, and then kind of one of the stats that, that stood out to me that I kind of wanted to bring up for the playoffs was the first quarter scoring. Yeah. You guys had three, 30 points – thirty. well, you scored 35. Yeah. Um, the entire season in the first quarter. You only allowed 30. So, I mean, you came out on top with that. But – Yeah three-and-a-half points as an average in the first quarter. Yeah. Then I think the second quarter was you had 108 points in the second quarter. Yeah. So just kind of that, that slow start. That's
1: that's something that's, we talked yeah. about, man. We, we harped on that for nine straight weeks. Right. Golly. Right. And it was always start fast or come out the gates ready to go, however you want to put it. You know what I mean? And I, our kids just weren't really finishing. And, and this, this Madison game, we did that. We came out first drive. It was probably like a nine to 10 play drive, drove all the way down the field and scored. Right. Um, and that's what you want. You want to play your best football in the, in the later parts of the year. So right. I felt like we responded, yeah. finally, yeah. after, after ah. nine weeks of, hey, let's start fast, let's put a touchdown in the end zone. And it's been one of our points of emphasis all year, and it's, it will continue to be that. Right. Um, we don't want to come out the gate at all and go three and out or, or turnover or whatever it may be. We want to put the ball in the end zone. Right. Um, and we're going to continue to to preach that and see how it goes. Yeah,
0: and but I mean, at the same time, you can kind of look and see like, okay, slow start, but I mean, you you seem to end the game stronger than than ever. I mean, yeah. the, the second half, I, I I think I looked and I kind of wrote a little bit on it, but it's I mean, your second half offense and defense are just that's where they're at their best. Yeah, we compliment so, our we
1: complement our defense very well with that second half. They they dig their heels into the ground and, and they don't they get stops, right. and then we come out and, and we score the football. So that's what you want as a team. You right. know what I mean? A tiger football is defense. Everybody knows our defense is going to do what they do. Right. But offensively, I feel like this year we responded, and put and put a, a nice run game together, yeah. which which helps our passing, right? And then from there it's
0: we're rolling. Right. Right. <laughs>
1: cool.
0: That was Mansfield Senior Tiger offensive coordinator Jacob Owens. Um, Got to give props to that guy and what he's been able to do. Kind of, you know, making adjustments on the fly and seeing things that kind of transpired throughout the year and and kind of putting those guys in positions to be successful. I mean, um, you know, there, there's a lot of times where coordinators get a lot of grief. Um, you know, if things don't go right, and you know that guy just he, he took everything in stride and made everybody a lot better. Um, there's no other way to put it that he kind of took that offense and, and made what he could out of it. And it, what it, what he made out of it was a really effective and really, really good offense. Um, over on the defensive side of the football, I mean, that's kind of where the Tigers hang their hat every single year. You know, it's not not really fair to the offensive side, because whenever they, even if they perform well, it's like, oh, well, the defense pitch is shut out in the second half, kind of like what I did with the Madison game. And and, uh, you know, that, that's, that's why they won. No, I mean, it was just a complete effort, but defensively there, I mean, there's no denying that how good this team is defensively. And it's because of kind of their top four guys, really, they, they have four leaders out there on the field and Makai Bradley, Aaron Thornton, Mickey Rose, Ricky Mills, and Leo Hess. Um, just went out there and kind of took it upon themselves to, to be successful and, and lead this team defensively. Mackay Bradley had 83 tackles on the year, um, 16 tackles for loss, six sacks. He led the team in sacks, um, and that's 16 for loss is actually second best on the team, which that's kind of scary when you think about it. Um, Aaron Thornton had 76 tackles, had five sacks, nine and a half for loss, um, recovered and forced a fumble. He returned to that fumble for a 32-yard touchdown on a kickoff. He also was really good in the pass game. He had three deflections um, and blocked a PAT on the way. So um, then Ricky Mills was, uh, you know, he's just sensational at the defensive line, and if he's not an all-Ohioan, then uh, I i didn't do my job getting these kids the, the rightful honors that they deserve. He had 71 tackles as a defensive lineman, two, only two sacks, but his his game is stopping the run, um, and, and kind of tackling people behind the line, and he had 22 tackles for loss this year, which is absolutely insane. Um, Leo Hess had 61 tackles, five and a half for loss, had a half a sack, um, forced two two fumbles. That was tops on the team. He forced a couple of fumbles and and deflected a pass as well. So the one ki one guy that kind of stood out was Isaiah Darson. He kind of stepped into uh, kind of a bigger role this year um, when. Um, the other Bradley left after last season. Miles Bradley left after last year, and they kind of left a hole in the in the defense. And Isaiah Darson has done his done his job filling in there. Fifty eight tackles, two and a half for loss, um, had five passes defended. Um, so that's that's a big big deal right there. Um, then you have guys like uh, Keontes Bradley, who's going Division One um, as a defender at thirty six tackles, had nine pass deflections. Amar Davis uh, had a, a all Ohio caliber year had had twenty four tackles, seven pass deflections, had five interceptions, and one of those he took back for a touchdown. So uh, just a, a big year from those guys returning. All Ohio and Jante O'Brien had twenty tackles, uh, had an interception, one pass defended. But again, I think we talked a little bit about it earlier. The guy never got the ball thrown his way. Um, whenever you know he he cut the field in half. If if there was a wide receiver out there. There was no way that they were that the opposing team was going to throw anywhere near him. So, um, and that, and that's just a huge, huge uh, asset for the Tigers to have on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and you know, scoring wise, it, you know the Tigers gave up a few points there in the first half, um, but then in the second half they just seemed to get better. And and scoring by by quarter looks like. Uh, the opponents had 35 points in the first, 61 in the second. So, I mean, there's 96 points total that they gave up this year just in the first half. In the second half, they were just completely dominant. 33 points in the third, 23 in the fourth, 56 total points in the second half of 10 games. So you're only averaging 5.6 points in the second half of games. That's that's absolutely just sensational for them. And That's kind of what you need come playoff time. You need to close out games, have a have a really good ending to your year, um, and uh, you know that that's that's just kind of how the Tigers built an eight and two record, um, and and they did it the right way. So, let's hear from defensive coordinator Sean Adams, just kind of about um, everything that uh, that the Tigers did defensively this year was just you know it, it kind of had his signature all over it, and you know they didn't let down. So here's Sean Adams. I, I talked to Jo. I'm, I'm just kind of doing Dude, a funny, kind of man. season as a whole. I mean, kind of start from week that's one that's until that's now. I mean, the the defense has kind of been just consistent all year long. But how? I mean, how have you seen them kind of kind of grow and change and kind of get better at what they do? Because I mean, they've been they've been good all year. They they have been. I mean, they've
2: been really consistent all year. I think um, the biggest thing I see is leadership out yeah. uh, of not just Kai or Leo, but other other people developing it. Right. And then, you know along with leadership comes accountability. Yeah. And we talked about that a few weeks ago, right? How somebody didn't do something right and we all suffered for it and then the next play Okay I'll do it right and and, and it's and it just seems to propel us. So I, I think the biggest thing is, is just their leadership as a whole and and how much they've come together as a in chemistry. Yeah. Um, it's just been a fun
0: process to watch. Is, has there, like, a kind of a position group that you're, you've kind of been pleasantly pleased with? I mean, for me, from from just kind of preseason and kind of watching and thinking about this team, I thought, you know, offensive defensive line was kind of going to be the, the question that I had coming in. They, they answered. I thought they answered that loud and clear this well, year. Well,
2: you know, we were a little bit. We knew Lala was coming back. and right. We knew Aaron Thornton could do what Aaron Thornton's yes. been doing. We just hadn't seen it. Right. And um, so we were a little bit, you know, that was one of our question marks, but he's came through, and, and um, you know, he's had a great season. And we were always uh, – we always had confidence in Kai and Leo at linebackers. And I think when you can do that, you can build a lot of, a lot of things around it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we had Jayante back. We had Keontez back. We had Amar back. Um, it's not like we didn't have a lot of people back from last year's defense. Right. So um, it, it's just uh, – I I think you're right. The defensive line and and maybe Aaron Thornton. Yeah. How he how much he's progressed. Um.
0: So that's it, been fun to see. How did How did Aaron kind of develop and grow? I mean, that's that's a kid that. I I mean I didn't have on my radar coming in. He just kind of I mean from week one he just blew up. I mean. He. We had him there last year
2: and then he got injured and yeah. we didn't get a chance to yeah. see him again. Right. Um, so, you know, we, we knew that he was fast. We knew he was disciplined. We knew he would do everything we asked him to do, um, for the most part, um, we, we do all that. Yeah. Um, but you know, and then you did a great article on, on him and, and, and returning that, the kickoff and to his dad. I mean, I, I, I just can't imagine. Um, him writing a better script for
0: his senior year than the one that he 's performed this year uh, and you talked about leadership i mean Kai and, and Ricky and, and leo i mean those are the that 's kind of the heart and soul of that defense and you have you know just secondary guys that just fly around but uh, i mean i, I don 't think you guys could do what you guys did without a without a great lineback. Uh, no doubt. Um, and, and you know, that's Coach Bradley's
2: call a couple years ago when we moved Kai back to linebacker. Um, and, and Leo, we always knew Leo was steady, um, and he got his chance last year. As a sophomore, we put him down, and a lot of these guys look at me like i got four heads when I put them down. Right. Like, I don't want to be down, but, you know, I think it makes them better. Yeah. We had Angelo Gross play outside linebacker his freshman year, and he had, like, 18 tackles for loss. Right. Learned how to tackle and to play amongst the big boys. And, right. and I think that that's – he's not the only one. Marv and, um, you know, Leo, Ricky. Ricky looked at me like, D-line? Yeah. And if he's not all Ohio this year, then something's wrong. Right. Um, Twenty-two tackles for loss. Right. That's crazy. Right. Just you know the way that he's done that, and those linebackers. You know, it is easy to build around. Yeah. You know, in baseball they say you got to have good pitcher, catcher, and second base, and shortstop, right? Center field.
0: Yeah. Right up right there. Up the middle.
2: These guys right here. Uh, linebacker wise they're disciplined they're tough i was watching the madison game last night and mckay bradley <laughs> he just uh, delivers punishing <laughs> blows yeah he's like boom <laughs> he locks out and guys are falling backwards right. and i mean it's fun to see these guys do what we actually preach yeah um
0: and, and one of the guys that i wanted to talk about was Giante. i mean he mm. was like a I can't remember, second team, first team, all Ohio last year. And you know and like I'm just sitting around and listening to the guys talk, he gets a lot of grief for falling off, so to say. I mean but I mean, nobody's throwing the ball his way. Like what are you supposed to do if nobody's even challenging
2: him? Right. I have him in class and we've talked a little bit about football. Yeah. And uh you know, I I mean that's Nobody ever comes my way, right? Right. And then uh, when they do, he he was a couple weeks ago he had you to pick, pick. Yeah. Um, so I mean, he's he's not worried about all that other stuff. Right. He's worried about what's best for his family, for him, and 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 for Mansfield Senior High School, right? Uh, Tiger football. Yeah. So he's not one of those me guys that has to have all that stuff, but. Um, he's had a, he, I mean, he's been steady. We always get on him, not so much about his interceptions as we do his lack of or right. his his want to of tackling. Right. right he yeah. says, well, I got two tackles. <laughs> yeah, I got two tackles on him. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but he's he's come a long way in that aspect, too. And, and when you got guys holding you accountable to run to the football and to be disciplined and to be tough, uh, you don't have much waiver room. Right. And uh,
0: all those guys hold everybody accountable. When I mean, when offenses don't even, like, go to that side of the field because they're afraid of what he can do. I mean, it, it just cuts the field in half. It's got to make a defensive coordinator's job easy to be like, you know, they're not going to throw it over there because Giante's over there, so let's worry about what's going on here. Well,
2: and, and then – we put a on the other side, right? right. He's mean, got five and answers. then you got Kiantz, yeah. yeah. You got Kiantz in the middle, and then our little sophomore Isaiah Darson, yeah. has come a long. A lot of credit to him. Yeah, he's DeMar. come a long way. Um, you know, it's just it, it's been a, a work in progress. This is my eleventh year, and it's just not me. Right. It's choke and Coach Fletcher and Coach Mo and right. and uh, Coach Ali. I mean, we all come in here and, and do it together it's a collective effort so
0: you know it, it's been fun being here so it's playoff week I mean it's it's win or go home you know all those different sayings that you can say but it's I mean the, the sense of urgency is here every almost every play matters kind of thing I mean what do you what do you kind of talk to your defense about of how to how to approach kind of games like this it's it's you know, if you, if you give up a touchdown, that could be the game winning and, and your season's over kind of thing.
2: Well, much like the rest of the season, we're just taking it one day at a time. Right. And then one week at a time and one game at a time. And and I don't think yesterday was any different. We wanted to come in and win yesterday. Right. And today we want to be better than we were yesterday. And and I hope that that's been, our, um, that's been the way things have transpired this year. It's just a little bit better at something. Right. Um, and and I think that that's just how we've 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 done it all year. We've done it for the last several years that way. We're gonna take we're gonna take care of what's important now. And right now it's today. Right. And uh, let's see if we can't get better today, and and then put it all
0: together on Friday versus a very very good Ontario team. That's a first ever meeting too. I mean, you guys are six miles apart, and this will be the first football game in the history of these two schools. I mean, does that does that kind of add a lot more kind of. Not 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 pressure, but kind of excitement around around this game. I would hope so. Yeah. I mean, we like Choco says we'll go to the moon
2: and play. Right. Um, right. That's that's no different. I mean, it's nice. I think for a county, yeah, that you got another county school playing another yeah. county school. I think the last time we did that was when Clear Fork was in the league.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, other than Madison or Lexington. Right um so it's fun to play another county school and you know you can have those those talks over the next few years oh wow we did this back in 2020 22. Right, right. um so yeah it's, it's fun they got a great staff over there great kids over there and we're really looking forward to it
0: that was mansfield senior defensive coordinator sean adams of the mansfield senior tigers just Man, the guy should be a head coach somewhere. Um, if he didn't love his job so much and love the kids and the kids loved him so much, um, someone should come and gobble that guy up. But I don't know if Jokey Bradley would ever let that guy go. Man, he's been so great since he started at Mansfield Senior. And, and uh, man, they, the Tigers have kind of flourished with him uh, leading that defense. Um, so season as a whole, man, that it's it's been a pretty good year. Um, you know, Tigers have... Scored over thirty points in one, two, three, four, five, six games out of out of ten. So, scored over thirty-five or over thirty points there. Over forty twice in the first two games. Over forty-three times first two games of the year, and in a forty-one to nothing win over Lexington. Um, You know, and without those two, the two losses. You know, they they only scored seven points over those two games against Maslin, who's. The number three team in Division Two and West Holmes, who's number three in Division Four, um, you know that, that's that's kind of a, a huge year for the Tigers, and they qualified for the playoffs. I mean, they're, they're the number five seed in Division Three, Region Ten, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. I mean, I you know I don't sit there and try and figure out all the algorithms and math that kind of goes into it, but um, you know they were only. They were .04 points away from being the number four seed, um, and less than one points away from being the number three. So those three through five were just so packed, super tight, um, that it just kind of fell that way. I think the win over um, Madison at the end uh, didn't get them a whole bunch of playoff points, um, but so be it. They're, they're going to host a first round playoff game if if Lodi Cloverleaf can kind of can get knocked off in their first round game. Um, against Defiance, uh, the Tigers would host two playoff games. But as it stands right now, if Cloverleaf wins, Mansfield Senior wins, the Tigers will travel. Um, But it's not going to be easy. They have uh, the Ontario Warriors, who is just six miles down the road. um, And, and, you know, it's the first ever matchup between these two teams, which is absolutely kind of crazy to me that they're so close and kind of, now they're similar in size. I know back back then they you know they weren't even close to being similar in size. With Mansfield being so huge and like a D one almost D one school um, in basketball, they were D one, but mm-hmm. in football I think they were a high D two. And then you know Ontario was still growing; they were still pretty pretty small. So, um, but now they're they're getting similar in size, and and we got a playoff matchup here, so we're gonna get this thing. That's should be a fun game. On Friday night at Arlen Field, um, and, and I talked to talked a little bit to Choke about about this kind of matchup. It, it's can't you can't really consider it a rivalry because they've never really played before, um, but I think they're still looking forward to, you know, playing a Richland County school and and, and kind of proving what they can do against other Richland County teams. So um, let's hear from Chokey Bradley. Then we'll break down this uh, playoff matchup. I'll let you go, and you can uh, watch some football here. So here's Chokey Bradley. Just, we talked a lot about the season as a whole, what he felt his team grew um, on throughout the year, and then uh, broke down the playoff matchup a little bit. So here's Choke. Talk to Jo and Adams. Just, I, I'm kind of doing a, just like a season review. I mean, the regular season's over with, and and just kind of, kind of hearing their thoughts on kind of the growth of the team and their their specific sides of the football. As the head coach, I mean, where, where have you seen this team kind of kind of grow and change, and, and that lifted you to an eight and two record?
3: Well, I think uh, I think probably our uh, you know our offensive line has yeah. has uh, came a long way, uh, you know, since our scrimmages and <laughs> Maslin and <Right>. you know <laughs> week one or what have you. We've had, um, you know, some players grow up defensively. Um, I, thought, I think I think Leo's probably having a lights out year. Yeah. Uh, this is arguably his best year uh, as a linebacker. Um, Tink, one of our defensive linemen, has really grew up immensely uh, throughout the year. Uh, he's a different player now than he was, you know, versus Norwalk. Right. I think um, our secondary has gotten better. Uh, we moved some guys around. We started getting some turnovers and whatnot. Um, offensively, you know, our run game, our run attack is, has has carried us, you know, for a while. Um, we show flashes in the passing attack uh, with complete passes and you know, making big plays, stretching the field, um, you know, speed and space uh, type scenarios. Um, those are just a few that's right off the top of my head that I yeah. can think of.
0: Yeah, I mean, I thought offensively, the run game, that was that was something that was missed in the past couple of years, and it was kind of a glaring kind of thing that needed to happen this year, and it looked like it stepped up. I think I saw, like, is it five guys that have over 100 yards this year, and, I mean, your, your top guy isn't even over 700, so it's been kind of a by committee kind of thing.
3: I mean, if if, if yeah. that makes a little mm-hmm. bit more sense. Yeah. Well, you know, I, we were blessed to have you know three and four different backs that could run the ball and, and hit the holes, and you know, and, and you know, run the ball in the in the right fits in the run scheme. Um, and then Duke is a is an added. You know, accessory for us when he pulls it and uses his legs and run it as well. Um, you know, so it's definitely a by committee. It's no one man band. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it just kind of, you know, just gives you that whole tiger football mentality. You know, we it's all about you know us, we and ours. Right. You know what I mean? And, and you know our backs. Uh, Coach Samuel has done a good job. Uh, Coach Boy, Coach. Kline has done a really good job with the low line, and um, you know Ricky and, and Tank and, and you know, Isaiah Darson and Zion Brown and those guys have really did a great job of taking the ball and, and hitting it hard. And uh, Duke was one of the guys I asked Jo about, and just uh, I,
0: you know just from week to week. I mean quarterbacks. Most kind of scrutiny uh, from week to week. It's like, okay, yeah, he's the, he's he is the guy that's going to lead us. And then one week he's like, no, nah, I think we need to go a different direction. And then the next week, yeah, he's, we're back on that that kind of bandwagon. But I, I feel like Duke has just kind of progressed and, and gotten better each week. And just my personal opinion. Uh, I mean, definitely, see
3: definitely in the last two weeks, last yeah. couple of weeks, he's uh, you know grown grown up a lot. Uh, took the coaching. You know he didn't he didn't go in the tank. Um, you know one week he threw for three and four hundred, and then the following week, you know he completed two passes. Right. You know what I mean? And and you know the the week would have you know went in the tank. Yeah. You know and tucked they tail and and uh, made all kinds of different excuses and, and had a loser mentality. Right. Um, but you know to commend Duke, you know he didn't have that. You know he st- stayed the course you know he kept his head up you know what I mean and, and he stayed on the ground he took the coaching he took the criticism right. um, and uh, you know and our offense goes as he goes right. uh, so you know we've seen some success as he does and, and it's only gonna make you know our run game and, and our passing game uh, much better when you can produce a balanced attack I mean, it's
0: playoff time now. I mean, it's it's you know all the cliches, win or go home kind of, you know, every play matters kind of deal now. But I mean, how how do you as 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 a coaching staff kind of approach that that scenario where it's you know every every play really does matter. One little mistake can end an entire season. I mean, how how do you guys approach that with the kids?
3: Well, you know, we got seven seniors, and and they are the catalyst of this football team. Made a the heartbeat. Uh, All seven of those guys played pivotal pieces um, to our success. Um, And, you know, we've been around those guys, our seniors, for a really, really long time. They played a lot of football here. They played a lot of snaps. They played in some big games. Um, They've been a part of some adversity. Um, And and so for us, I think – we ain't ready to, to be done with those guys, uh, so we wanna we wanna continue to, to show up here and practice and, and get better and, and coach our seniors and and uh, watch those guys uh, continue to lead our team uh, regardless of who it's against. Um, and so that's that's just kind of been a going theme here. You know, we ain't done yet. We ain't done with your seniors yet. We ain't ready to get. Re- We're not ready for a banquet. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean, we want to we want to continue to play football as long as we can. And these these seniors were
0: freshmen in that that state title game run. Uh, yeah. I mean, and Makai was out there. I mean, he he was a key piece of that defense. But how much how much did that kind? Do you think that kind of experience of being a part of that and, and seeing what it took to get there will lead them to to kind of what they hope to accomplish this this postseason? What well, they
3: was able to, you know, Ricky played on that team special yeah. teams. Uh, Hurt his knee that year. Um, you know, Aaron was a part of that team as well. Um, you know, but Makai hardly probably was the one that played the most yeah. that year as a freshman. Um, and, you know, to go through that whole experience and, and to get a taste of what it feels like and what it takes uh, to get there and how to lose it. Right. Um, I yeah. think all of those things are factors uh, when you talk about leading a team back to that, to that pinnacle. Yeah. I mean, it's Ontario Week. I think this is
0: this is a week you're kind of looking forward to. I think everybody in the entire county is looking forward to it. First ever meeting against these two schools. They're only six miles apart. I mean, <laughs> what what kind of you know? I IS, it, it doesn't kind of add it doesn't add any pressure. I don't think, but it, it kind of brings a lot of excitement to the, to the area, to you guys, to them, everybody. I
3: think. I think it'll be it's a wonderful deal, man. I think we should do this more. Yeah. Uh, I just don't understand why. You know, we don't have more local games. Yeah. Um, we got to travel all over the place to play people. Yeah. Um, and we can't get the Ontarios and the Clear Forks and the, the Shelbys. Right. Um, they play everybody else in our league, but they won't play us. Yeah. That's unfortunate. And, you know, that's a them problem, yeah. not a us problem. Um, you know, we're going to continue to coach our kids hard and we're going to continue to, you know, de- demand perfection. And, uh, you know, we're going to play Tiger football on this side. Um, you know, we just, you know, you know, just thankful that, you know, we get this opportunity uh, to play in Ontario this Friday uh, right up here on the corner of 4th in Trimble uh, in this great stadium. Um, you know, for us, we've been a part of big games. Yeah. You know, they have not it. So uh, it's going to be exciting. You know, our kids will, will be, you know, sky high. Um, it'll be an electric atmosphere um, you know hopefully they uh, take it all in as well yeah. and uh, you know and, and I know coach Eckert and his staff will have those guys prepared and ready to go. Uh, we're gonna do the same. Did you get any reaction from any of the of the kids when they when they found out that who their first round opponent was or are they were they really pretty stoked about it? Yeah I think I think <laughs> uh, it won't we won't have a problem having our kids ready to play this right. week. Right. <laughs> I think they have a, a little bit of an, of an added motivation within them. Um, I know we do as a coaching staff, yeah. and uh, we can't wait to get to it. Cool.
0: That was Mansfield Senior Tiger Head Coach Chokey Bradley. Um, and, man, he's he's real pumped uh, about this possible postseason run, and, and who wouldn't be when you have a pretty good chance at winning this this region. Well, check out the region here real quick. Um, looks like Parma, Parma Heights holding totally name got the number one seed, uh, Tiffin Columbian got the two, and Clyde got the three. You hear me say Lodi Cloverleaf is the number four seed, Mansfield Senior is the number five, um, Norton took the number six, Medina Buckeye at seven, Rocky River at eight, Toledo Scott at nine, Parma, Pottawa, Franciscan is number 10. Bay Village Bay is number 11. The Ontario Warriors took the number 12. 13 is Defiance. 14 is Oberlin Firelands. Rocky River at 15. And then Copley at 16. So, um, kind of a pretty good mix of, of teams there. Copley got in at three and seven. Rocky River at four and six. So those are the only two um, non-winning season teams in this. Uh, Padua Franciscan and Bay both went five and five. Um, so it's it's kind of a it's a little bit of a weaker region. Um, you know, no, there's only one team at nine and one. Uh, Rocky River Lutheran West is number, is nine and one on the year. Everybody else has two or more losses. So this really is up for grabs. Anybody can win this thing and go into the final four and the Tigers uh, most certainly hope to do that. They have to go through Ontario first, and we touched a little bit on that, but, you know, the Warriors are are playing pretty well lately. Um, they, they finished the year with three straight wins, um, picked up a nice one over uh, Shelby last week to punch their ticket into the playoffs um, and set up this matchup. They're averaging 30.3 points a game, and they're allowing 27.3, so pretty decent offense and, uh, you know, a defense that kind of gives up some points, but um, again, you know, the, it, it's pretty even all the way across the board, so we'll see, uh, we'll see what they can do offensively. The Warriors, uh, you know, they kind of, they, they run through kind of three guys. Bodpin Miller is their quarterback. He's had 1,560 yards on the year um, and 15 passing touchdowns, thrown seven interceptions, but they, you know, they, they run first team, and they don't try to hide it, and, and three guys kind of lead the way. Chase Studer, has 770 yards on the season and nine touchdowns. He was a 1000-yard back last year, but I think this year the the Tigers or the the Warriors kind of tried to make things a little bit more even because they had another running back back there in Drew Yetter um and it's you know like it's almost like the Cleveland Browns kind of philosophy where you keep a back fresh that way down the stretch. At the end of the game, whoever's playing better is is has a lot more energy and can get out there and play. So, Drew Yetter had seven hundred fifty-one yards rushing on one hundred seventeen carries and nine touchdowns. So their top two running backs both had nine touchdowns apiece. Then um, Bodpen Miller ran for four hundred eighty-six yards on ninety-one carries and six touchdowns. So, you know, obviously they're they're very balanced and and very good. So. Uh, receiving wise Braxton Hall led the way with uh, seven or 621 yards on eight with eight touchdowns and Dylan Floyd had 470 yards and six touchdowns and those were the, kind of the two main guys and then Studer and Yetter also made an impact there in the past game um, and both of them had over 130 yards receiving as well so defensively they're kind of carried by Braylon Boone. Um, this kid is has a relentless motor. Um, he's played his way into possibly an All Ohio season. Uh, sixty sixty t- or sixty tackles uh, as a defensive lineman, fourteen tackles for loss and six sacks. Um, so he's he's been really good. And he's kind of underrated in the he's blocked six different kicks. So either a punt, extra point, field goal, whatever. He's he's got his hand on six of those. So. It's a pretty good, pretty good player right there. Um, Drew Barnes is also another good one. He's he's tied for the lead with uh, 78 tackles, has 11 tackles for loss uh, and two sacks. Chase Studer has three sacks. So he's, you know, he's kind of a two-way player. Pretty good one there. Um, Grayson Bias has, is tied for the team lead with 78 tackles at middle linebacker. Um, Another great, great player there. Eight tackles for loss. So... um, just uh, you know, a pretty good defensive core, um, for the for the Warriors. Then Quentin Frankhouse has three interceptions on the season. Uh, that's the most on the team by far. Um, so, I mean, this this is no slouch of of an Ontario team, and you know, and and the Tigers are taking them serious, and that that's a good thing to see. I think it'll be a fun Friday night. Um, I think the key for the Tigers will be to score early and score often. Um, if If they can kind of get the ball on and keep it on the offensive side, I think they'll be just fine and they can finish off drives with touchdowns. The key for Ontario is kind of what what helped them beat Shelby last year last week i think um if if they can kind of keep the football on their offensive side and and just pick up first downs and chunk yards and and kind of eat up clock and and keep that tiger offense off the field that's the best chance they have to win this thing. It's going to be an underdog fight. They're coming from behind as a 12 seed. So, you know, they're they're kind of playing with house money. So it should be a really good football game. Um, and I, I think that's the key for the Warriors is to just kind of eat up the clock, run the football, and and hope they can, uh, you know, put points on the board while taking a lot of time off the clock and not give the Tigers too much time offensively to to kind of break things open. So... That'll do it. Um, That's this week's edition of uh, the Jake's Take Sports Podcast, Talking Tigers. Should be a really good football game Friday night. I hope to see a lot of you out at Arlen Field for the first ever meeting between Mansfield Senior and Ontario. We'll see you guys next week.